0: Hey, friends, this podcast is produced by the Utah Marriage Commission, and they have all kinds of free resources like webinars, articles and relationship assessments, all at StrongerMarriage.org. And we're excited to share an upcoming virtual marriage conference on February 10th, 2023, with all kinds of virtual presenters. And then on February 11th in Ogden, Utah, come join us for date night and dessert with Dr. Dave and Dr. Liz from 630 to 8 p.m. So visit StrongerMarriage.org for free resources and to register for the conference and use DR Dave for a discount on your registration. You can find the link in our show notes, so go register today. On today's episode, Liz and I dive into a great discussion with Richard and Linda Iyer about keys to keeping the marriage connection after kids move out. They also share some great tips about grandparenting including their new grandparenting and emptiness parenting program. Richard and Linda Eyer are the parents of nine children and are among the most popular speakers in the world on parenting and families. They've presented in more than 45 countries and are New York times, bestselling authors of numerous books on parenting, couples, and families. The Eyers have been frequent guests on national network shows, including Oprah, the today show primetime live 60 minutes Good Morning America, and once did regular segments on the CBS Early Show. Their parenting website, valuesparenting.com, provides ideas, guidance, and creative programs for families throughout the world, including programs on grandparenting and empty-nest parenting. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Stronger Marriage Connection. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Schramm, alongside my co-host, Dr. Liz Hale. We are bringing you the best research and tips and tools to help you have the marriage of your dreams. All right, so back by popular demand, we have Richard and Linda Iyer. They joined us last time. We talked about some myths. We talked a little bit about their book. We thought we would bring them back on because they have so much to, to talk about. Today, we're going to focus on kind of this empty, na- uh, empty nest phase, rather, of of relationships, of marriage, and get into a little bit about grandparenting, because they know a thing or two about grandparenting, mm-hmm. and some of the relationship resources that they have. So Richard and Linda, welcome back.
1: It's always Thank
0: good
2: to be with you. And by the way, that's all part of one larger subject, because how well your marriage is doing in your senior years is directly related to how proactive you are as a grandparent.
3: No kidding. Love it. Makes yeah.
2: sense.
0: And that's, and that's fascinating. So let, let me just kick things off a little bit. I know from the research that I've looked at, as far as it, we hear this gray divorce and this empty nesters and yeah. they hit this stage. Mm-hmm. And we see from the research this this spike, honestly, divorce rate uh, has gone down or held steady and even gone down a little bit in recent years, but not for the empty nesters. What do you think is happening there when people retire and, and empty nests and become grandparents in later later life? What's going on?
2: Well, I'll give a statistical answer that you know better than I do, Dave. The the reason that the marriage rate generally has gone down a little in recent years is pretty simple. Nobody's getting married. You know, so we've taken a bad problem of divorce and created a worse problem, which is people don't get married in the first place. Now, that doesn't apply to senior people who got married a long time ago. So their divorce rate is still, you know, there's no artificial thing to bring that down. But I think, uh, th- just think about it logically. I mean, you know, this time when, and by the way, we hate the phrase empty nest. It doesn't really happen. The, the, <laughs> the, nest, the nest just fills yeah, up. Yeah, well, what really happens is
1: fills up again. <laughs> yeah, and so you're yeah, on own for a little bit, and then they, uh, they come back.
2: We hate a lot of those cliches. With like you're Like, you're, <laughs> there's the one, you know, you're put out to pasture or... Well, you're sort of over the hill. Oh, we try to turn those around when we're, when we're talking to older audiences. Well, don't
1: you think that when you've been going on a bike, you get to the top of the hill, you've killed yourself to get there, and then you go over the top of the hill. Over the and, hill oh, is wonderful. It's a great place to your be. Hair, you're free. Yeah. You know, it's, well, not the worst free.
2: And if you're, you're a horse rider like I am, well, what's better than being put out in a pasture? I mean, these are great things. <laughs> so we need to appreciate them. But what I was going to say is it's so interesting that uh, – you know, there's no question that dynamics and the chemistry changes dramatically when suddenly you're just the two of you again. I mean, theoretically it should be wonderful. The last time that happened was back in your courtship, you know, mm-hmm. and now you're there again and how can we make this great? But it is a shift and people need to realize that it's a shift and that they need to approach it a little differently than they I mean, marriage with with five kids running around uh, In your house is a very different thing than marriage when it's just the two of you. Great opportunity, but not a slam dunk, something we have to think a lot about and work on.
1: Well, you have to have developed a good relationship while the Mm -hmm. kids were home. All along the way, right? All 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 along the way. And it's just so easy to think, oh, I just can't wait till these kids leave. And then I can just do my own thing and I can be free. And uh, that's not part of the deal. but even free from each other. I mean, if you haven't developed a really good relationship when they're there, you could go either way. Okay, now we have our chance to really take care of each other. And then, or I've had it, you know, I'd rather just go to my individual life and take care of myself and not quit taking care of you. And I think that is really a pitfall.
2: One thing we try to suggest, although it's not always practical, is that sometime in the first year or even six months of of this new relationship when the kids are all gone go if you can afford it go on a cruise or go on some kind of a trip or
1: get away even
2: just get away from everything for a couple of days and actually create kind of a new vision statement a new a new model for what your marriage what you want your marriage to be and oftentimes just putting in that kind of strategic thought sort of softens this this adjustment to this very new chemistry that you've got now.
1: And admitting that we are in a different place in life. We wrote a book called Empty Nest Parenting before our last child left because we were struggling with it. and then our youngest child was like wait.
2: She was very mad about that. My
1: yeah. your nest is not empty. I am still, I'm still here. here. <laughs> yeah.
3: We should have called it empty. She's still pretty mess. mad about that, yeah. <laughs> because it yes. really, it
2: really does start when the first child yeah. leaves and it's this process empty. of changing. But what I said, I just want to throw this in early yeah. so we can reference it. What we're finding is that a lot of times What made a marriage strong is those two parents were working together on the greatest shared cause in the world, which is our children. I mean, that was the commonality that you've all met people who will do anything to keep a marriage together because they want to do it for the kids. But what's really happening is they love the kids in a way that causes them to pull together. It's their combined project and that strengthens their marriage. And what we're finding more and more, and it's really quite dramatic sometimes, is that people who think that way about grandparenting, they're like, hey, we're a team on this grandparenting. We need to work proactively at supporting our kids and helping them with their kids and being difference-making grandparenting. That begins to pull the two closer together, and the marriage starts to thrive because there's something for it to do. It's not just a thing. It's it's an active thing.
1: But I think going back to what you said at the first is so important to talk about a vision statement. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that when we first get married and we talk about that when we have children. But doing a vision statement when you're now at a different part of life, what is our <laughs> vision for what's going to happen? And maybe the wife's vision is totally different than the husband's and you need to figure that out. And it's it, it's so fun to just imagine together what what do, you, what do you want to do? What shall we do? What can we do that we now couldn't do before? And it's
2: a long-term process. I, I mean, yeah. a lot of people haven't thought about this until we called their attention. But a lot of people will be grandparents for 40 years. Just think of it. I mean, yeah. we have a child Longer in our home for kids. maybe 18 yeah. years. You're going to be a grandparent for twice that long. And, and it's just, uh, you know, it's like half of your life. And so will you be an emptiness parent? Maybe not quite that long because kids do grow up. But but if your house is starting to empty out when you're in your early 50s, which it is for many people, you may well be just with the, the two of you for 30 years. And so this is worth a lot of effort and thought. It may end up being longer. The empty part of the house, again, we don't like the metaphor, but the time when kids are gone, may actually be longer than the time when kids were there.
3: Without a doubt. You know, when we're talking about gray divorce, we can't help but feel like couples divorcing aren't the ones where the marriages have been amazing maybe for 30, 40 years. And then one day the kids move out and suddenly they're not happy. We get the sense that some things perhaps Richard and Linder weren't quite right for several years before they actually divorced in their 50s and 60s. What are your thoughts on that, please?
1: In fact, we have the funniest story that somebody told us in one of our travels about an older couple that were being interviewed because they were like 104 and 101. This is a real like thing. Were, this really They were happening?
2: Canadians, and they, they got on this show mainly because they, they were celebrating like their, was it their... I
1: think it be it was, 70th no, no, I think it was 80th? their
2: 75th anniversary. <laughs>
1: right, really, a lot. And, and they, so to the guy who was interviewing them, they said... Before they, before we start, you should know something. We're getting a divorce. <laughs> I was like, you're getting a divorce? What?
2: The interviewer just loses it. Like, wait, you've been married 75 years, and on my show, you're announcing you're getting a divorce?
1: <laughs> and, and they said, yeah, we just have to say, go ahead, you can we, do this. We
2: decided... We decided we better wait until all the kids are dead.
3: <laughs> I love
2: it. <laughs> you, you hear all the time somebody saying, yeah. "Right, we, we we decided we're not going to get uh, divorced till all the kids You're are gone. gone." Well, they were saying, well, we're, "We're not going to do it till they're all dead."
1: <laughs> but anyway, that doesn't happen very often. But we thought had- um, But I do think that it is a whole different world if you think about it. If you just live day to day and like, well, the last one's gone and now what should we do? Then, you know, that's sad. But if you've been looking forward to it, you're planning some things that you want to do, whether it's travel or genealogy or what it, is, whatever it is, it keeps you together. You know, it keeps you thinking about doing things together.
2: And I think, Linda, I just want to underscore that. We, I, let's be candid. We were you know. We have nine children. We had a lot of years with a lot of kids in our house, and and we had some real apprehension when that last one took off for college. How how's our life going to be? Really, did you? I did.
1: <laughs> I, I did. Look,
2: I did. And I tell you, I want to tell you, it has just been fabulous. Aww. And I think a lot of times the anticipation is the problem, and. We yeah. treat this thing, empty nest, it's a syndrome, you know, we, oh, this will be a tough time. How about, this turn, how about those who are, are approaching that time, turn it on its head and say, we are going to, this is going to be such an I'm opportunity. So We're going to yeah. go back to focusing on each other. Do you remember how great that was 20 years ago? We're going to do 30. it again. Yeah. And so you anticipate it with joy. Not that not that it won't be an adjustment, but it'll be a wonderful adjustment. And then it's a self fulfilling prophecy.
1: Yeah, we have. It's amazing how fast it happens too. We do. We have children in our fifties that are their nests are emptying. They're down to one child in high school. Just I think that's what you said. Somebody said one of you said that your last child is just starting high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that that whizzes by so fast, but it really is good to be talking about it before it really happens, and so that you really know what you expect.
2: When you think about it, Linda, what we're saying is really pretty simple. It's like when people have joint projects, they thrive together. And and I think the grandkid one thing that disturbed us. We have now a thousand, roughly a thousand people enrolled in this online course we're doing called Grandparenting 101com dot com. And one of the things we sent out a survey, and, and we found out that about 72% of the people who registered were, were women, which didn't surprise us. Grandmas are a little more likely to want to really get into it than grandpas. In fact, one quick parenthetical. We, we started out writing a grandparenting book together, and we got about halfway through it, and we realized we really needed two books. We needed a grandpa book and a grandma <laughs> does book. does totally. Because they're yeah. so different. And and you'd you'd laugh if if I had them both here I'd hold them up mine's about that thick it's like it's like a pamphlet it's like bullet points <laughs> I knew these grandpas just get to the bottom line here tell me what to do Women's <laughs> is this big thick book I mean it's got recipes it's this it's the whole works so we we knew there was this differentiation but when we started this course you know we knew that mo- there was about three fourths of the registrants were were women but we asked another question on the survey will you do the course together with your spouse we found that nearly 90 percent of them were married but but most of them said no i'm just going to do it myself and and so we tried to figure out why And a lot of these grandmas if they're candid they're just like you know i'm just way more interested than he is he's just not not that into it he's doing other stuff and I'll just do it myself, and I'll try to pass it on. We really tried to push back on that and say, if you will do this course together, it will not only you'll not only enjoy it more and do a better job by your grandkids, it'll help your relationship. And we made them that promise, and I just hope we're and right. actually they I think have we come
1: on. We've gotten some wonderful yeah. feedback about uh, we suggest we. We suggest that they give a questionnaire to their kids, their married kids and their single kids or whatever. What do you expect from us? How much do you want us to be involved in your life?
2: What don't you want us to help? What don't you want
1: us to help on? And so on. And so we ask them instead of guessing. And we've got some fun feedback like, oh man, we have been asking our parents, we've been thinking, our parents, why did they do this or why did they do that or why can't they be more involved in this and that? And so they they said, we filled out the questionnaire, and our whole family is so excited but because the suddenly the they ones, know what yeah, we want. Yeah.
2: The grandpa and grandma that does it together, it doesn't mean the grandma can't take the lead or whatever, but get the other guy on board. Yeah, some and then, of the
1: grandfathers are just fabulous. Yeah. They're so yeah. good. Aww.
0: We'll be right back after this brief message. And we're back. Well, let's dive right in. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm interested in learning more about the, the course because I can't help but think that if, they, if you can get them both on board, that, that will strengthen the relationship. Because if, if one is just gung ho, like re, really anything in life, if there's one that is all in and one that just doesn't want to be told what to do or kind of do things on their own, doesn't that create some of a, a rift at times?
2: Well, there's a pot. You, you make a good point there, David. It's the the positive way to say it is, if you're involved together, it'll pull you together. The, the the other way to say it, which is also true, is that you know if if you if we go our separate ways on grandparenting, it's going to cause divisions. I mean, you're going to go off and give them cash at Christmas, and I'm going to say I don't think we should give cash to these kids, and you're going to have an argument over it, or That's or you're going to yeah. yeah, you're going to you don't. It's like parenting, only almost in spades. If you're not united in how you're going to grandparent these kids, they're they're not going to see you as a united couple, and they're going to start to play off against each other. It's like I want a present from you, Grammy, because you give better presents than Grandpa does, you know. And it's going to go <laughs> south.
1: Well, you know, even though we they have this thing together all of their lives, having children at home, but then. When they're gone, it is so fascinating. There's so many more things to talk about. There's things to decide. How much should we give our children? Um, should we set up a Roth IRA for them? Should we help them with their education or not? I mean, there are just so many things that you don't think about until you're suddenly there, and then you think, "Oh."
2: Well, and it strengthens your.
1: Out, it really helps. That.
2: Yeah, one guy wrote us a letter. I love this. He said, "I I got in this course to be a better grandfather, but." But the two things that have happened are actually more important than that. One is my relationship with my wife's getting stronger. And two, my relation, our relationship with our kids is getting stronger because they've started having a monthly meeting. We've recommended once a month, take your children, your, your who are the parents, right? Take that couple to dinner and the four of you become this management team. How do we team up to help these children? Now the parents are in charge not the grandparents the, the grandparents are not the stewards right. but they're the support mechanism they're like what do you want our help on how do you want us to help what don't you want our help on and now you're like you're like this little four person management team and you're drawing closer together not for your own benefit but for the benefit of those kids who you love more than anyone else on earth
1: Exactly and I think the more grandchildren you have, the more demanding it is as yeah, far as really right. deciding. We, we do have <laughs> we 34. <promise>. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes a little time to take, take care of all those. Um, but, you know, most people don't. I mean, you know, they don't have that many. But there's so many good things to talk about when you're talking about grandchildren. It's a really good and thing. And we do
2: them by about. Zoom. a lot. You know, we, have, we only have three of our nine who live close enough to meet with. So the other six, when we have these meetings about the grandkids, it's on Zoom, and in, in some ways, it's actually easier. It's yeah, more effective.
1: Somebody was just saying to me last night we're we feel like we lose or losing connection with our kids, and and actually, I was just saying last night I miss this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Is that terrible? I mean, because we were in touch with people. There was the only day, way we could do yeah. it, but but. So we we kind of got in a good habit of calling when something big comes up whether it's political I don't know if you could do that politically in most families but we're pretty uh, homogeneous but if something comes up that they can talk, they, they need to talk about i think it's good for both of you to say come on and let's let's talk about it on zoom and it's a bonding thing for us as well as bonding with the kids yeah
3: there were some good things that happened with the pandemic that was one of them right we really tuned in a little right. bit more to each other yeah. Right, and in fact, so
1: many studies have been done about how much closer families are, even though that mother hated be there every single day, helping with schoolwork and so on. They bonded, you know. They bonded. It was great, and I think it did a lot for grandparents too, because for a lot of them, that's the only way they could talk with their grandchildren is to be together and get on on Zoom. And well,
2: I'm—I'm going to say one thing. This might be a little controversial. I—I. I, I apologize if it is, but a lot of the people we work with out in the corporate world, it's become kind of fashionable to have uh, to, to to recreate marriage ceremonies, to recommit, to have, you know, you'll go all over Hawaii. There's these little chapels and most of the people that are going there are coming to renew their vows They're They're already married, but they want to do it again. And. At first, I when I first started hearing about that, I'm like, oh, that's kind of, you know, you've done it once. If it it should last forever. But I've almost become a convert to it in the sense that what could be better than saying, okay, we're at a little different stage in life now. We know commitment is the most important thing, but the commitment now is under a little different set of circumstances, i.e. the kids are gone or whatever, or we've retired, or you've, you were now both working, whatever it is. Why don't we renew our vows in this new environment and I think it's a pretty powerful thing now I don't think you have to go to a wedding chapel and you know have a the the formality but the idea of saying let's renew our vows or let's renew our commitment in this new atmosphere we're in that's a pretty powerful idea and and especially if you write it down I mean one of the One of the things that makes a marriage interesting is when people write their own vows, you know. And so what about at age 50 or at age 55 or at age 60 or the time the last child? Why don't we renew our vows and write them out as a way of recommitting to each other? Because, again, it's the commitment that will get you through the tough times.
1: Well, and if you don't want to go that far, you could just say, let's go away on vacation or cruise or something with the idea going to write our vision for what our yeah. the next part of our life
3: is. Sometimes it is just a matter of thinking about it together. I love I that. Just, I love that There's idea. It's, it's whatever we focus on grows, right? And it's just yes, like any right, goal yes. setting. We plan to fail, we fail to plan. I, think, I just think that's brilliant to do it together. We think sometimes when couples who are older have been married for a few decades is we just get used to each other, right? Life becomes predictable and comfortable and perhaps we stop doing little things for each other. Date nights might disappear, some of the adventure or the fun times stop. What what can couples do now, maybe who still have a child or two at home, to prepare for and strengthen their marriage so that they'll be prepared for that phase when things are a little quieter in the home?
2: I like how you said that, Liz. I mean, anything that we take for granted becomes blasé and sort of unappreciated and sort of, you know, and tends to weaken and and break down. And so, you know, you didn't, when you were dating, when you were at the peak of a courtship or when you were in the, in the exhilaration of a brand new marriage, you never took your spouse for granted. I mean, that was the, that was off your radar even. And I think what we need to do is say, what can we do now in this phase that sort of renews that? And if redoing the vows is is, is certainly a possibility, Going, creating a vision statement, as Linda said, but there's some unilateral work to do too. Just one, just within yourself, and it really involves just being logical. I mean, we've all seen, unfortunately, marriages that that dissolve in in senior years. I, I I don't know why, but I when I see a couple in their sixties get divorced. I am sadder than I am when I see someone in their 30s get divorced because I'm trying to imagine that person living the next 20 years. What are the chances? And it's always the same thing. Well, I think I'm going to find someone better. I might be 65, but I think I'll find a better. The chances of that statistically are really low. And the loneliness that is probably going to happen to you is is a pretty high likelihood so so people need to think really hard about what they're not going to throw away. And, yeah, the marriage may not be perfect. And, yeah, it may be really strained after many years of not paying much attention to it and just trying to keep up with the kids and with the career and so on. So does that mean it's doomed? No, that means we need to start over here. Let's do it proactively.
1: I think it's really important, too, to... To write some things down, yeah, if you can decide, uh, let's write, and I've started doing this with my grandkids because and my kids because there's just too many people to send gifts every time and all that so, but we on the computer because our families just spread all over the world, so I just write on their birthday five things I adore about you, and I just sit down and think, what do I adore about this person, and I think that is so good as a couple too. Yeah. What do I adore about you? Or maybe five things I'm grateful for because of you or because I'm grateful for you because, and then just think of those things that you're grateful for. Um, I did this last year in a little book and I just opened it the other day and thought, I forgot about that. Oh, yes, I am so grateful for that. (laughs) You know, I think it is really important to express that. Things that you're thankful for or things that you adore about your partner. It just changes everything. Wow,
0: man. I'm hearing um, words like creativity. I'm hearing intentionality, this awareness. You know, being united on the on the same page. So I love these these things that we've talked about. Um, tell us a little bit more. So people are are they've heard a little bit about your program, the grandparenting program. Remind us again where they can go to for more information.
2: Yeah, thank you, David. It's really simple. Grandparenting one hundred and one dot com, and that'll give you a complete overview. The way we do it, I, we're just, we're really enjoying this we and, and we owe of a lot to Zoom. Once a month, we have a two hour seminar and it's interactive as much as it can be with that many people and the chat room's open and they're sending in questions and so on. But there, these six modules are sort of, they're, they're what we found are the six things that grandparents need most and they range from financial support all the way to, um, having gatherings and all the way to connecting ancestors with branch, branches with roots. And and what and,
1: about families that are fractured and, you know, how can you bring them back? We're not the pros on that, but we have resources. So Richard right. actually sends out something every Saturday between and the months.
2: They get a bulletin every week to and go with this, material, this once but, a month thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little like we don't pose ourselves as the grandparenting gurus or the people with all the answers. In fact, we pose ourselves as fellow strugglers. We're all in this together, but can we get ideas from each other? Can we learn, you know, how did you handle this and how did you do this and how's your marriage doing and how did you do it? And I think that uh, it's a community. That's really what it is. Grandparents don't have communities. And this is a big online community and people are on there and they know they can ask questions. And I've never really said this out loud, but part of it is the comfort of seeing all these other grandparents on there who are struggling just like you are. And it sort of makes you feel like I'm not the Lone Ranger. I'm not the only one worried about this issue. I'm not the only one who's one of his kids won't talk to when the grandkids won't speak to him anymore. Or one's left the faith or one's done this or what, you know, we're all struggling. But we can all share ideas, and that's a very comforting thought to a lot of grandparents.
1: And there's a chat which we've not really realized was there until we started this, and they know about. It. They knew about it though. They started sending in ideas like crazy while we were talking. We, we, in caught,
2: we actually altered we the format. We go yeah. for an hour, and we take a break and read all the all the yeah. chats and all yeah. the comments. Then we come back for the second hour, and uh, it's just delightful. I and here's one last thing. Where are these grandparents coming from? Because our audience, usually, our reading audience and so on is is parents. We're having a lot of these grandparents say, My daughter, the parent of my grandkids, told me I should take this course (laughs) so that you would so that the IRS would tell you to quit spoiling my kids, or so the ayers would tell you This or that. So so we love that because now it's forming these teamworks, you know, that are working together for the for the kids.
3: That is wonderful. Can we ask you, we'd like to ask all of our guests this, Richard and Linda, as we wrap up here, what do you think is the key to a stronger marriage connection, please?
2: Can I go first? Go ahead. (laughs) Um we're talking about Seniors on this particular episode, right? We're talking about this tragedy that we refer to as gray divorce and so on. I want to try something, and I've Linda and I've never even talked about this. I saved this to surprise you on this show, but I think that has it has a little bit of merit. When our children have children, we still call ourselves parents, but we are now grandparents. I'd like to suggest a term that we can use at least in our own minds on each other, when our children move away, and it's just the two of us again. Yes, we are grandparents, but I wanna be a grand husband, and Linda wants to be a grand wife, which means in a similar vein to grandparenting, we've just been around a long time. We've got a little more wisdom now. We've got a few more ideas. I was a parent, Now I'm a grandparent. I was a husband. Now I'm going to be a grandhusband. Beautiful. You like that? That's great. (laughs)
1: Beautiful. Will
2: you call me that from now on, grandhusband?
3: (laughs) 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 Okay.
1: And I do just think it's so important to the talking and the writing. Tell each other how you feel and write it down and let them know. I mean, some grandfathers just are, I mean, you know, People who've been married for a long time, it's really hard for men to do to say something sometimes. But writing it down is a little bit easier. So just write it down things I adore about you or things I appreciate about you. And it makes all the difference because it's just wholly surprising to a lot of women who have never known that they appreciated that until okay. it was let's do this now.
2: So if you're a grandparent or a grandhusband or a grandwife, Listening in today, go on Grandparenting 101com and join our community of grandparents, and lot of we're fun. having a good time. And it's guaranteed. You can join anytime.
1: Guaranteed, your marriage will last.
2: I forgot to mention that. That's <laughs> yeah, quite the a thing. guarantee.
3: I like that. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, yeah. guaranteed. Guaranteed product. The, the the nice thing about the way this Porsche works is it, you don't have to start at the beginning and come. All all the modules you are self standing, time. so you can jump in mm-hmm. anytime. Maybe a good New Year's idea. Oh, it's yeah. all. Re- yeah.
1: So they can watch oh, it yeah. any time that they can't come
2: when there. So,
1: yeah. thank goodness for the
0: internet. Yeah. In this case. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. So much great information. Um, tell us a takeaway of the day, and we've, we've each of you have kind of shared a little bit. Do you have any other little um, tips, nuggets that you want people to remember?
2: Live life as our friend Stephen Covey would say in crescendo, but but live it in the present. What what we do every day with parents. M- we see so often people who are living in the future of the past. If it's a young parent, it's like, "Oh, I'll be so glad when this kid can walk. I don't have to pack him around anymore." And then the kid walks and, "Oh, it was so great back when he would stay in one place, and we're, we're always look oh, life will be so much easier when these kids get out of elementary school, or, "Oh man, think how great it was back in the day when we were all together, and now we're spread out. Stop doing that." Say to yourself, right now is the best time of my life, and it'll never come again. I've never been at this stage before. I'll never be here again. I might as well enjoy it.
1: And I think that it's really interesting that sometimes we wives spend a lot of time wishing that our husbands were different or they would do something <laughs> different or they would, you know, or be disgruntled about the way they handle something or so on. And I just think it's so important to think about the things that you really do appreciate about them and sometimes the things that drive us craziest are the reason that we married them in the first place right i mean we have these really aggressive people and um and you think oh gosh just relax and then you think wait that's why i married this guy because he is so proactive and i think sometimes the things that bother you the most are the things that you love the most if you just stop and think about it huh.
0: Uh, I I love that. Well Yeah, that is well said. Liz, what about you? What's your takeaway?
3: Mm. Well, so I mentioned uh, earlier today, Linda and Richard, that I married later in life, got married at 50. My husband and I didn't have, we don't have kids, but we have a lot of nieces and nephews. I think our count might be 21, 22. And so as I'm listening to this course, I'm thinking, oh, well, this is a course for great aunties and great uncles, right? This would be wonderful. I had, had not occurred to me to sit down with our you know, siblings and say, how can we help support you with so-and-so, right? Your child. How can we as an aunt and uncle, what can we do to help? I love that. Thank you for that.
2: I just want to say, I I, thank you for that thought. We have one unmarried son and he is the greatest uncle and he takes that role seriously. We often discount uncles and aunts. Hey, they're they're powerful parts of
3: family. Everybody adores Uncle Josh. I bet they do.
0: Uh, and my, you know, I've been thinking about my takeaway today. the I've really been hanging on all of this. We've we've have two kids that have launched, and two more that are here, and I have sisters who are empty nesters or who kids uh, who are no longer there. But I love the idea of the survey that you mentioned, Richard Linda. Just and it could be a survey or a discussion, something that's explicit that says what kind of role can we play in your lives and in, in your kids' lives, our grandkids. Wise, as far as you know, discipline, and, and because there's some they're like, "Hey, Grandma, you know, I got this." Her mom, you know, let, let me be this. And so, yeah. right. I think, and I think that might differ uh, yeah. from child to child, don't you think?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it
0: does. Yeah. it does Absolutely.
1: differ. Yeah, we have found that to be so interesting. We did that at one reunion, and we were astonished at some of the things that they said. With the, yeah. oh, gosh, we should have asked this sooner, because you know how. They don't really want us to do this, but they really do want us to do this. And it just is a matter of asking a lot of yeah. times. You can learn so much. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, oh, good Well,
0: hey, we sure appreciate your your time. And again, many decades of wisdom. We appreciate the the program, the grandparenting program. What a great asset this will be for so many grandparents and their children and their grandchildren. So we sure appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on today.
1: Well, and we appreciate you, too, and all the good you do one-on-one or two-on-two. It is really marvelous. Thank you so much. we followed you guys Uh, more than Well, thank
0: you. Well, thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Stronger Marriage Connection, my friends.
3: And remember, it's the small things often that create a stronger marriage connection. See you next time.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Hey, do us a favor and take a few minutes to subscribe to our podcast and the Utah Marriage Commission YouTube channel, where you can watch this and every episode of the show. When you hit the like button and leave a comment, your feedback helps us improve the show. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You can also follow and connect with us on Instagram at Stronger Marriage Life and on Facebook at Stronger Marriage. Be sure to share with us what topics you want us to explore and what you loved about today's episode. If you want even more resources to improve your relationship connection, visit our website at StrongerMarriage.org, where you'll find free workshops, webinars, relationship surveys, and more. Each episode of Stronger Marriage Connection is hosted and sponsored by the Utah Marriage Commission at Utah State University. And finally, a big thanks to our producers, Rex Polanis and Alexis Alcott, and the team at Utah State University. And you, our audience, you make this show possible.